for the third time. Okay. It's all right. Yeah. Bill Cosby, I don't care how you felt about him. He means and he meant. I don't know what part of of your feelings with Bill Cosby you're in. Either he meant or he still means something to you. Because for other black community, he was a big icon. Okay. I mean, he even he went into mainstream. White people loved him. He okay. was just Bill Cosby was just like his character on the Cosby show. That's what we thought. Mm-hmm. And we just felt like something was taken from us. Because a lot of people didn't believe the allegations. It just seemed like it was just too many. And we was like, well, why did they come so late? But the most important part of what I'm trying to say is that Bill Cosby meant something to us. Means something to us. He always tried to give us advice and uh, educate us on things. And he, he, he got criticism from comedians, other comedians and people saying, well, he shouldn't be telling us how to live and he's going too far. But if you look around people and you're looking at where society going, hell, don't we need somebody to tell us how we can do a little better? Hell, I'd rather let Bill Cosby tell us when he would say, pull your pants up and don't act ignorant. And when he was being honored by all these schools and they gave him these um, degrees and Dr. Bill Cosby he meant something to us. If you go back to the 80s, he was in all the movies with Sidney uh, Poitier, and we know how high of a pedestal we put Sidney on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was big time. I mean, and before Tyler Perry, before Tyler Perry was here, and, and he was known for getting black actors jobs, who did we have? We had Bill Cosby. And we cannot forget that we had Bill Cosby. And if you didn't have a father, you looked at Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. People say that show was too, it wasn't realistic. But so what? Kids believe in dreams. Michael said he had to have a dream. Bill Cosby gave us something to aspire to. From the Bill Cosby show to the different world, he taught us to be good at home, listen to your parents. Then you go to college and you get your education. Right. So, you know, it was a lot of people who who was on Bill Cosby team before the allegations came out, and then they just threw him under the bus. Mm-hmm. Like the guy who was married to Lisa Bonet on the show. Right. You know, he went in the public, you know, bashing Bill Cosby. I'm sure Bill Cosby had a lot of time in prison to think about that and look at the people who actually um, still had his back. We know people like... Um, uh, Eddie Murphy said some things. Well, he was on his side at first, and and Bill said thank you. His representatives was tweeting for him and just relaying messages. Um, and then you had some comedians that were trying to you know tell jokes about Bill, and I guess they say it's fair game. But anyway, the whole point was is Bill Cosby is an icon. Mm-hmm. He's done things that a lot of people haven't been able to do. He's had money that a lot of us haven't been able to attain. And then we see him do like so many other black icons. They throw dirt on the name. So mm-hmm. that's when I first heard the news. I couldn't just say guilty, guilty, guilty until I heard all the facts. Because in our history, they take our good ones and the ones that we hold with so much esteem and uh, they throw dirt at the name. Mm-hmm. So that's my little opening statement, uh, Ron. If you want to now reintroduce yourself and then also give your thoughts on okay. Mr. Cosby. 
Well, first of all, foremost, Sister Kara Dangerous, I really appreciate you helping on this platform at this most important time. Dr. King will call this the fierce urgency of now, the times that we live in. Black America, you know, we either can um, live together as brothers and sisters or perish together as fools. The choice is ours. So I'm Brother Ron, also known as R2C2H2, the artist. My YouTube channel is We All BTV. We're known for getting cursed out by Dick Gregory and interviewing Judge Joe Brown and Dr. Mm -hmm. Randy Short and also uh, taking back the narrative, putting our own spin on our narrative. Because if you don't tell your story, you'll never get any glory. If you don't tell your stories, you won't, neither you or your ancestors will get their glory. So I'm the founder of We All Be TV or We All Be News, and also I'm the founder of the We All Be Group Incorporated, which is a nonprofit 501c3 where we do cultural preservation and awareness and taking control of our black narrative and enriching people with our people of knowledge of self. So that's very important. And uh, so, I mean, I'm in Memphis right now. I'm right across the street where they shot Dr. King in the face. That's where I live. Also, this is the epicenter of the Memphis Race Massacre of 1866, which was started by police brutality. All major riots and massacres in this country were not started by black people, but police misconduct or some type of form of police brutality. So I'm right across the street from that. that you know, it led to the pillaging and burning of black churches and schools. Our black schools and churches have never been protected in this country. You know, June 15th was the, I mean, June 17th, rather, was the six-year anniversary of the Mother Emanuel shooting in Charleston, South Carolina, right? Mm -hmm. So also we got, uh, you know, with the Memphis Race Massacre's entry, it led to Congress passing what is now known as the Reconstruction Act. And that led to a 10-year Black excellence prosperity in this country that was shortchanged by the Great Compromise of 1876, whatever what the Republicans say, we want to keep the White House and we'll let the Democrats run the, the country. We'll we'll rescind the truce from the South, thus ending Reconstruction. So Black folks, we never had a snowball chance in hell when it comes to this just us system. And Bill Cosby is like a lynching victim. Rather, he is a lynching victim because majority of the Black folks who were lynched were business people. Mm. Bill Cosby was a businessman. He was an entrepreneur. He was a man of the people. He invested in his people and their institutions. And for all that trouble, he got a poor return on his investment. And that's a damn shame. Because, like, you know, um, we're about to celebrate or acknowledge the birth of this country with the 4th of July. And, uh, or 4th of July. And the first <laughs> martyr of the... Wait a minute, wait a minute, brother. Wait a minute now. You don't Dr. Randy Short on us. You said the 4th of July? Oh, you lied. I said the fuck. You, you lied. lied. Yeah, you, you lied. Y'all lied, man. Okay, I like that. I like that. <laughs> there we go. But, but, you know, but the first person to die for this republic was a black man named Christmas Addicts, and he was a, a victim of police brutality. And you fast forward to 2021, we're dealing with, oh, 2020, 2021, George Floyd, the so-called George Floyd riots. I mean, George Floyd was a victim of police brutality, right? Christmas yes. Addicts was a victim of police brutality. A lot of our people have been victims of police brutality, but we are always getting lynched by the system. So on July the 16th, I know I'm just going all over the place saying, like, Audrey Wells' birthday, July 16th, she started her media career, her journalism career. She's the mother of investigative journalism, as far as I'm concerned, in America. She started her, 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 her thing on Bill Street. She had a newspaper office on Bill Street. 
And they ran her out the South for telling the truth about the real nature of lynchings and whatnot. Because what happened when we're going to build her statue on her birthday on Bill Street near where she had a newspaper office. You got to think about it. Ivy Wells was born into slavery. Yet, by the time she's a young woman, she's on her own newspaper office, let alone she's a journalist, which is rare. Mm. She's a black and a woman on her own newspaper or media organization. And I want people to understand this. Every great black giant or activist or whatever we had knew that they had to control their story by some type of means. All our great ones, great so-called black leaders had access to a media organization. They started mm -hmm. their own media organization, whether it be Frederick Douglass with the North Star. You got the uh, the Freedom Journal. Mm -hmm. You got David Walker's The Appeal. You got Malcolm X with Muhammad Speaks. You got Marcus Garvey with the Negro World. All our great black ones knew they had to control their media, to control their story, to control their narrative, to get a certain perspective out there to counter the BS official story, which is always the official lie. Mm -hmm. You know, so she did that. And why I bring her up because the reason why she started telling the truth about lynchings was because one of her best friends, Thomas Moss, who's a very prosperous uh, business owner, he owned a grocery business called the People's Grocery Store, mm -hmm. what is now known as South Memphis. He was a victim of white supremacy and racism, victim of a targeted lynching, him and his business associates, um, Calvin McDowell and William Henry Stewart. I don't know why I know these people's names. <laughs> but, but, but That's good, right? March, it happened on March the 9th, 1892. It was called the People's Grocery Lynchings or the lynching at the curb. And the only reason why they was lynched because they were successful grocery men. They had a successful grocery business that was in direct competition with the white business owner across the street. What the white man did, because they not only got clientele from the black community, but they got clientele from people of, of all colors and races and creeds. And Thomas mm -hmm. Moss was a, a mailman. Back then, to be a postal worker was to be like a high elite job in the black community because you controlled the mail. It was a very prominent job. So Thomas Moss was a postmaster somewhat. And also, he was a leader of the black community in Memphis. And Ivy Wells was the godmother to his daughter. And so what happened was one night, they got into a shootout with this white mob. They tried to uh, destroy their business. So you mm -hmm. had black men who were armed. They stood up for themselves. They exercised their right to exist. They exercised their manhood. And unfortunately for them, they shot into the crowd not realizing that some of the lynch mob people were police officers. So black folks, this is where our downfall is. We believe in law more than they do. We believe in their constitution more than they do. So that's the problem. So they turn themselves in. Oh, man, these people try to blow up our business and shoot us and kill us. But they were cops. So they, even though they're in the lynch mob, we're going to turn ourselves into the mob, right? So they got kidnapped from the jail, right? And they got took into Uptown, what is now known as North Memphis by the railroad track. And you had the white newspapers. Some of these newspaper organizations still exist to this day. So this is what I'm telling you. You had the newspaper guys witnessing an illegal act. They're reporting on it. They're not trying to intercede and stop the white folks from killing these innocent black men. So all of them were lynched, horribly disfigured one by one. Thomas Moss was the last person. He pleaded for his life. He said, look, I got a, a child on the way. I have a young family. Can you please let me live? They said, no, we got to kill you. You mm -hmm. know what? So he said, you know, they asked me, he had any last words. He said, yeah, tell my people to go west because they cannot get any justice here. So they just went on lynch and disfigure him horribly beyond recognition like his other friends. All because they were a success, uh, successful black businessman. 
And I'm making this point to say that most of the black victims of lynchings were successful business people and landowners. They weren't criminals and thugs and degenerates. They were the elites of black society. So Abby Wells was heartbroken, needless to say. She printed his last words in her, in her newspaper, the free speech and headlight. She encouraged black folks to leave Memphis and black folks left Memphis by the thousands. About 6,000 black people left Memphis. They went west and a lot of them ended up settling, what it, settling in Oklahoma Indian Territory in Black Wall Street. Mm. One of the founders of Black Wall Street, um, O.W. Gurley, he was a grocer himself. And guess what, what, what was the name of his grocery store? What? The People's Grocery Store. So I don't know if there's a movement because there's so many stories that there, like when we talk about Black Wall Street, we don't talk about the whole truth of it. There's too many narratives to, for it to be an official narrative on what really went down and what does it mean. Because like I told you, they, they had the first grocery store in, in Tulsa and Greenwood in Black Wall Street or Negro Wall Street was the People's Grocery Store. So mm -hmm. I don't know if there was a movement behind like there was a secret society. I don't know what they were doing with these People's Grocery Stores. It was a franchise. What was really going on with that movement? Because OG Gurley is from Pine Bluff, Arkansas, which is not that far from Memphis. All it's close, you know. It's not that far away from Memphis. I don't know what it is about the People's Grocery Store, but I'm saying all this to say in a roundabout way. Getting back to Bill Cosby, because Bill Cosby was an entrepreneur. He was a successful businessman. He wanted to buy his own network. And people say that's an urban legend. That's not an urban legend. They got New York Times articles from like October 29th, 1992. They talk about how he tried to buy NBC from General Electric. Okay, yeah, so let's get to the bottom of this in NBC mm -hmm. thing because some people say it's a meal. Some people are like, oh, here y'all. That's real. It happened. Y'all hoteps with y'all theories. Yeah, it's real. Okay, that's real. So Bill Cosby really did want to buy NBC. He tried to. He had a group organized in 92. He tried to do it in 2011. He tried to do it several times. And they kept mm -hmm. on telling him no. But he was insistent on trying to buy this. And they said enough was enough. Even in 2014, he still was trying to do some network business. Like he had, Bill Cosby was, uh, was uh, we call it irrelevant and uh, burnt out. He was still a hot commodity. Even after the first accusations came out, in 2014, mm -hmm. he had a multi-million dollar deal with Netflix. He had a sold-out comedy tour. This man mm -hmm. was on top of the world. He was thinking about doing a sitcom comeback. Oh, he, he sure still was. still trying to buy a network. Yes, he was working with Ron from the different world on that, I believe. Okay, there you go. So I'm saying he was still mm -hmm. trying to do it. This is after he lost his son under questionable circumstances on the 405 in L.A. It probably killed him because he was trying to buy the network, you know, back even back then. And I'm going to tell you something. What they do, they don't only kill you and target you. They kill your legacy. Like, you look at Kobe Bryant. They didn't just kill Kobe Bryant. They killed his daughter who was going to be his basketball legacy. So that's why you know it was a hit. Well, you're not. You can't okay. prove it. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Right. See, now you're going, you messing some folks up by saying Kobe Bryant <laughs> was. It murdered, it murdered him. He was murdered. It, 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 you know what's crazy is the conspiracy mm -hmm. theory that was a cartoon that showed him dying in a helicopter. Now, it, right. was, it was known that he flew helicopters, but right. it just coincidental. It's like the symptoms of it. How do they know what's happening? Like, what's going to happen? They're part of, it's a thing called Operation Mockingbird. Look up Operation Mockingbird, where it's U.S. intelligence controls the media. A lot of these mm -hmm. people that create these shows got U.S. intelligence backgrounds. If you look at 60 Minutes, their top media consultants are CIA. 
it was a dude that was a top journalist in 60 Minutes. I ain't gonna never forget this. This happened maybe several years ago. He was killed in this horrific car accident. But he was working on a very major story at the time of his death. He probably was killed. They probably, it's like um, the guy named Michael Hastings, mm -hmm. the journalist. You remember oh, yeah. him, Michael Hastings? He exposed that General McChrystal over there in Afghanistan, I believe. Mm. The next thing you know, he driving high speed down a L.A. street and he explodes. And child, like, you know, he killed the man car. It just went a high speed and he exploded. Now, Bob oh, Dick Gregory said Michael, he, Michael uh, Hastings? Michael Hastings. Yeah, was an American journalist, author, uh, con con contributing editor to mm. Rolling Stones and reported the blood feed. Right. Yeah, he was he did amazing, yeah. in an ambush. Okay, so since he said that he done dropped the bomb on y'all, he said Kobe Bryant was actually murdered. And allegedly. I'm saying that. <laughs> If something happened to me and run, I just want y'all to know we did this for the people, baby. Yeah, ain't gonna nothing happen. You, Dick Gregory learned when somebody give you a secret, you don't make it a secret no more. That's how you protect yourself. Because what's oh, the point of killing you people, you all the information? For y'all people who may not know who Ron is, he's one of those guys who interviewed Dick Gregory, and Dick Gregory kept cursing at him. Like, yeah. what you mean? Shut your mouth, boy. Like, yeah. Uh, great interview, Ron. No, I, took, I took it for the team because really he was frustrated at the people. Because as we get into that, the sacrifices he made, he lost his best friends before they turned 40. Like, Mega Evans was a guy that got him in. I visited Arlington Cemetery before I left. Mega's birthday is coming up July the 2nd. More people know about Meg the Stallion than they do about Mega Evans. And That's he was more important to the culture. No disrespect to Meg the Mayor. I mean, Meg the Stallion. Yeah, no disrespect. But you know what? One thing, one of those things I get sick of doing in this generation, before we get in somebody's ass, we got to say, um, they're not a bad person. I yeah, just want to give you a ass. I don't want to tell you why I like you and then dish you. This whole be safe, don't talk about nobody, everybody's sensitive. I mean, I saw somebody, I mean, I saw a bunch of anchors. I'm not going to say which station. They yeah. wanted to discuss something somebody said, but they had to lick the person's ass first to the point where the things that you criticizing them on, it's like it don't even matter because you had to kiss their ass first. You got to tell them, no. We think something's wrong with you. You're not doing it right. We're going to start back going like that and yeah. just get you last. We got to balance it out now. Let's take no prisoners, huh? Because like I said, what Dr. King says, the fierce urgency of now. But Michael Hastings allegedly was killed by a drone, allegedly. But he exposed some high-ups in the military industry complex like McChrystal. Cost him his job. And that cost him his life, Michael Hastings. And he actually lost his first wife overseas. She was a journalist, got killed. In action, a lot of you know it's it's dangerous to be a journalist. Whether you're on the front lines or you even in your bedroom, it is dangerous to be a journalist right now uh, and a truth teller. It's always been like that. It's always been dangerous for me. I've been telling the truth since 1980 something. Right. I, I used to go <laughs> to and, and, and fight for this stuff. So it's it's it's, it's in some people just to fight. Um, you just born with it, you know, or mm -hmm. you get into it. And then some people, they just, they turn into coons or they just, they put their nuts between their legs and they walk. And uh, right. fortunately enough, I didn't come from people that, well, not everybody doesn't do that, but most of the people that I've been close with, they stand for something. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to hit that Kobe Bryant real quick. Okay. I, I, before his death, he was working on a lot of good projects going to help the community and do all sorts of 
things. And I heard he was in, he was starting he was getting things and and I can't remember the big thing that he was getting into like a a warning sign to why somebody would want to murder him. But maybe you know I can't remember off the top of my head. He was due in court that following week before he got killed. He was due in court. He was facing you no know, um, challenging a a pharmaceutical giant for trademark or copyright infringement about the use of the name Black Mamba. Mm -hmm. So he had this pharmaceutical company that was using the Black Mamba name to promote a line of whatever supplements or something. And he was challenging them for the rights to that name in court. He was doing court that following week, uh, unfortunately. He didn't make it, but um, there's a couple of things. Like even with Kobe, maybe he was getting involved in women's basketball. Or they said, some people say he wanted to start a league over in China, a competing basketball league that was independent of the NBA. He had his hands in a lot of different baskets. You know what I'm saying? Like he, one of his business partners uh, in his venture capitalism firm, I believe, was on the same board of directors as uh, Jeffrey Epstein. So he was moving in those type of circles. Kobe was making a lot of different moves. So that means he was making a lot of powerful enemies. So you don't know who really killed him, but I do know this. That phenomenon known as predictive programming is real. And that U.S. intelligence controls our media, and that you know the military industry complex also put a lot of money into Hollywood to uh, control the scripts and to create these movies. It's a good movie called Wag the Dog that came out in the late 1990s. It stars Dustin, Dustin Hoffman as a Hollywood producer, and also uh, Robert De Niro as a fixer for the White House. And the thing is that the White House hires uh, Dustin Hoffman to create a fake war to get the country mind off the sex scandal in the White House. This came out right around the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Gates thing. And so who's to say, like, people believe that the, the moon landing was faked in 69, that the great directly, that, excuse me, that the great director, Stanley Kubrick, faked the moon landing in the studio. Yeah, so, I, mean, I, I don't know. for a long time. Huh? I heard that one for a long time. Yeah. Why it take us so long? We should have moon cities and stuff. We should have... Why we don't have any moon colonies if we landed on the moon in 69? I'm just saying. Well, they going to Mars now. You got uh, Elon Musk and the Amazon guy. He yeah, that's weird, too. All his brother to fly out with them like they're going on vacation. So. Yeah, all that's strange. But you got to ask yourself, Dick Gregory said, what happened to the missing black men? Like, you know, uh, man, there's so much stuff going on. Like, this past... Uh, and was it June the 29th marked the 30-year anniversary of the death of a brother named uh, Fred Hems. You ever heard of him? Fred Freddie Hems. I'm going to look him up right now. Yeah, Freddie Hems, H-E-L-M-S. Because people, this is why you got to tell our stories. People believe that Rodney King was the only person in that car that night he got beat up by the LAPD back in March of 91. He had two other passengers in the car with him. Oh, was a guy wow. named Freddie Hems. He was a key witness. Yeah, he was 20 years young. Yeah. As, as a passenger of the car driven by Rodney on that yeah. fatal March the 3rd, 1991 evening when police pulled their car over before those controversial beatings by the LAPD. Okay. Right. So he would beat up himself and he was a key witness, right? Then three months later, he died in a horrific car accident. He was thrown out of the car to his, the driver of the car, hit a telephone pole at a high speed, and he was dead at the hospital. He was 20 years young. 
So he, he witnessed that and got involved in the March of 91. By almost the end of June of 91, he was dead at 20. And he was the key witness for Rodney King's people. Because even was, some of the cops corroborated that he got And I was young when that happened, but I, I don't remember hearing anything about anybody else. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So who telling these stories, who writing these scripts? They don't want you to know about that. It's like even with uh, the Bopton John thing, where the key witness, Joshua Brown, was killed in a suspect drug transaction. It really was a professional hit. You know, the brother who testified on behalf of Bopton John, and then the, the judge chastised him, but she hugged Amber Geiger. And Bopton John, or Gene, whatever his name was, his brother hugged the guy, or the woman who killed his brother. But this guy told the truth on the stand, and he was chastised by the judge. Next thing you know, he dead under suspect circumstances. This is a young black man who was an entrepreneur and a father. I remember that, the neighbor who testified. Yeah. Oh my he, God! He got yeah, killed. They tried to say it was a drug transaction. That was a professional hit. Yeah, and nobody doing the right thing. Nobody Allegedly. ever questions it. Like they question it for two days and then it's gone. And we got a short memory of our people. Are, man, it's so much shit. I'm like, I'm in a nightmare every day. I wake. It was like damn, and I'm in some type of weird Twilight Zone episode every day. I wake up. It's like, why do people don't know this? I've been knowing about Tulsa for, for half my life. You know, Bill Cosby produced a documentary about the Tulsa race massacre back in the early 2000s or late 19, I don't know, it's like, I think the early 2000s. It came out on HBO. Bill Cosby did so much for the culture. I remember when I was in college 20 years ago, Bill Cosby was the first celebrity to boycott Cincinnati. When Cincinnati had all those incidents where they were killing black men via mm -hmm. the police. Bill Cosby refused to do a show or anything to make money for Cincinnati. He was the first celebrity I can remember that boycotted Cincinnati for police brutality, but people talk about three or four years later, the damn pound cake speech. Bill Cosby did so much for the culture, it's ridiculous, and yet it was a poor return on his investment. All the millions of dollars he gave to institutions, they revoked honorary doctorates and stuff. These folks turned their backs on them. You got these comedians not realizing that he's one of the pioneers to make sure they get those contracts from the major networks and stuff, they turn their backs on him. This is BS. He deserved better, but you know why? The people that love us, that serve us, we hate them. Mega Evers, when he was alive, was hated by a lot of black folks down in Jackson. His wife used to talk about how black folks would go out their way. When they saw Mega Evers walking down the street, they would walk to the other side. They would not acknowledge Mega Evers. Mm. When she said when he got shot, she was madder at the black folks that screwed him over in life than she was at the white folks that took his life. Man was just 37 years old. I'm telling you, and whenever I try to tell black people, like, when and it, uh, it's not any racist stuff, it's like when white people, folks get in trouble, they stick by them. They got a cold. Shit, they got a real cold. You had every <laughs> black person, like a lot of black people, be Bill Cosby up now, and I and I'm a woman, and I don't play about race. Don't get me wrong, but the history of black people, they lie on our people. They lie on our icons. You're not going to question it. You're not going to want to look into it. That's, I, I don't understand black people who go, they jump right onto this white woman feminist crap. That's what I yeah. call it. Who is a yeah. white woman raped when niggas Oops, Instagram. I, I'm sorry. I still no, thought I was going to You said the A, right? Like A, not E-R, yeah, but the A. No, but with Negroes, <laughs> when Negroes, get, uh -huh. when Negroes get raped, which we've been getting raped since 
over 400, 500 exactly. years, nothing happens. I feel if that's if we can keep going back for these cases, I don't I want some of these families who whose parents and grandparents and great great grandparents were slave owners, won't they go get on the stand and talk about how their family raped all these people? And people want to say that's something different, but no, it no the hell is not. That's right. What, what what is the time? What is the time? What I don't know the lawyer word, but what is the time? What's that word they use? Where's that? What is where's the cutoff for the time? Statue of limitations. Statue of limitations. Statue limitations. You know how stuff is old. Right. Yeah. So it, it it does pain me that some, if somebody got raped and everything, but in a big scheme of things, who's been raped? It, people say it's not a competition, but damn it, we've been raped the whole damn life. Still getting raped. Mm -hmm. Right, just sitting here. Basically, I mean, we the most bullied group of people on the planet, and no, in America, most definitely, black people are bullied more by anybody. But yeah, Any black group, people, yes. just like Dr. Short said, always jumping to defend somebody else, and then they got a nerve. Like if you say, "Won't you stand up for your brother?" Why mm -hmm. I gotta be? Why I gotta be like that? Why I gotta not 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 black folks want to be uh, uh what you call it uh kumbaya. But mm -hmm. when we were getting our ass beat, wasn't nobody kumbaya and for us. But see, people want to take a person like me and say, well, Carrie, you act like Michael Mitt. Oh, Carrie, you doing too much. No, I ain't doing enough. Because mm -hmm. you know what? People who talk like me back then, they got lynched. They got beat. They got told, hey, step in this hot boiling water till your skin mm -hmm. fell off while you yep. still alive. They got they got their family separated. Mm -hmm. We don't even know who we are. Like, yeah, we don't made us alike being African Americans and whatnot, and not even African Americans, but Black people. A B O S. Some of us were already here. That's the true. They don't took everything away from us, and yet y'all think I'm not gonna question these allegations on Bill Cosby? You can kiss my ass. Yeah, people turn out so well. Uh, uh, me too, and um, I, I can't. He ain't the same person as a TV show. <laughs> but but uh, uh -huh. what's that white director sleeping with? Had a little girl, Asian daughter that he adopted. Woody Allen. Woody Allen. And then now he gonna marry her. Like how inappropriate is that? Elvis sleeping with young girls, but yet they can listen to the music. The father from Seventh Heaven. Doing perverted things on children, not even grown adults, children. Right. And they never took seven heavens off TV. People want to say, yep. well, it's not apple and oranges. Well, what the hell is it? Because y'all Negroes love singing Kumbaya when it got something to do with us. But y'all don't care about nobody else standing in that corner. I really get sick of black people being ignorant and stupid. Hell, right. I'm about to the next Bill Cosby. Y'all can get pissed at me. Yeah. I mean, I hear you. you. You said a lot of truth right there. Righteous anger. And I'm not even angry, man, because when you've been woke since woke, been woke, hell, I was woke. <laughs> they even made the turn. Uh -huh. I was born woke. God already put this on me. And RIP, uh, shout out to uh, Paul Mooney and his family, because we ain't got another one like him. Shout out to Lunel, because she said she was going to step up. But we, we losing truth. We losing yeah. people who tell the truth. Mm -hmm. 
Paul Mooney, he told Joseph, he was out there giving us the truth. Y'all can start throwing them, them hearts back up there because I'm still preaching. Throw me some hearts back up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sure know. This shit, this shit real. They throwing everything at us to kill us. Go ahead, Ron. Go ahead, man. I'm just going. No, 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 no. Listen, I'm taking it in. We can't, we can't ever tell the truth. We always got something to think about. Oh, you can't tell the truth because you won't get a job. Oh, you can't tell the truth because you're going to get beat by the police. Oh, you can't tell the truth because you won't have none. Oh, shit. I mean, tell, truth telling is a revolutionary act in a time of deceit. I think George Orwell or somebody said it doesn't make a difference, but to tell the truth, you pay a price. There's a tax on everything. There's no such thing as a free, a free meal, a free lunch, or anything free. There's a tax. A lot of times there's a hidden tax. And the thing about it is alienation. Like, you know, you are alienated. It's a lonely existence to be a truth teller because our uh, people can't handle the truth. Like like Jack Nicholson said in a few good men, that's the truth. You can't tell the truth. Yeah. But you gotta heighten contradictions. The way you teach critical thinking. That you hiding the contradictions, like you know, there's a lot of things that's kind of weird. You know, there's a lot of things that's weird. How can we all be free when a lot of us are not? We're not allowed to be ourselves. To be yourself is a dangerous act, cause it's to practice truth. You know, to be oneself is to be honest and authentic and to be truthful. But we're living in a time of great deceit, and um. Our people, I don't know what it's going to take. There has not really been an improvement. We're going ass backwards because we got to get on code as a group as well as individuals. And we really don't know what that means. We said it sounds nice to be on code, but white folks know what it means. It means self-preservation, putting your people first before anybody else, taking care of your home before you take care of anybody else's home, cleaning up and straightening up your home before you can do that for anybody else. Black folks have been trained to put everybody else first, first before ourselves. You know, what I'm saying? and that's how we lose. About here making black women and black men more uh, divided by that's by design, yeah, by pushing a stupid narrative. Yeah, we got to work on women and we got to work on men, but not to the point of tearing us apart. Okay, so everybody got to wake up and I want to tell you this too because it's been on my mind a savior mm -hmm. and freedom does not come for free yeah okay, okay. even God said you got to believe in his son I don't know what religion you are but every religion got at least one thing you definitely got to go by nothing's for free okay mm -hmm. And our freedom is not for free. It never has been and never will be. Hell, you ain't even free now. You just living in a a, a semi comfortable jail cell. Right. Hmm. You right. You right. You can't even. You can't even say. You can't even tell somebody who think they a horse. You can't even say, "Ma'am, you not a horse. You a woman." That's they right. Gonna, you gonna get in trouble for saying that today. You think that? Yeah. If you can't say what's real, you think that's freedom? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm yeah. so sick of that. I'm sick of scary-ass people. If we want Christ, <laughs> we can't keep depending on uh, people winking at us and smiling. Mm -hmm. You got voices. The, those of us who are in uh, have legal careers, they got to fight. Thank yeah. all the lobbyists who fight on our behalf that we don't even know about. 
I don't care what kind of job you do. You can you can stand up. You know those moments at work when they trying to gang up on another black individual. Right. Step up. I mean, I know we all got our own job to look for, and we worried about that a lot. But sometimes just just do something different. Yeah. Freedom ain't gonna be free. Like you gotta real if y'all worried about life and death, you already failing. You gotta find something in this life that you willing to die for. If yep. you ain't found a fight in you, you ain't living. That's true. The only way I'm able to do some of the things I'm doing is because I believe that I can do them. Mm -hmm. And you know what I realized the other day? And I'm going to make a whole thing about this. The devil is a, li a liar. Okay. And God is real. Now, when I say the devil is a liar, you heard that a million times. Mm-hmm. And I heard it the other day. It was like the first time I heard it. Because what I realized is that people focus too much on God with the negative. But how about if you just, how about if you just give God the praise for everything that's good in your life? Because see what the devil has done, he has lied to us. He has told Negroes, y'all have made it. He has mm -hmm. told y'all don't need a fight. Y'all mm -hmm. keep your eyes closed. Everything okay. Kamala got you. Joe Biden got you. <laughs> the devil is a lie. That's right. Okay? He gonna tell you, he gonna say, you don't need no black man. You don't need no black woman. Disrespect your mama. Disrespect your daddy. He gonna tell mm -hmm. you all that. Mm. But but it's not true. So back to what we talking about. Uh huh. Well, people don't lie to me my whole life. Ever people don't lie to me before I even was born. If they don't lie to my to my mother, to my father, to his mama, to my mama's mama, to my mama's mama, 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 to my mama, 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 mama. Uh huh. Then why would I why would I take anything off of face value? From that land of people. Mm -hmm. yeah, we still got some people out there that are called me racist or you racist. Because we ain't we you ain't gonna pick in our face and call it rain. That's an old southern thing, right? Right, there. right, right. But let me let you get it because people may say I'm ran, but I'm giving y'all uh, you just gotta get hip to it. I don't think you I think you're making some very valid points. I just we all gotta be heard and the thing about it is I'm thinking about we are always our strongest. We understand the Trinity is the black man, woman, and child. The black family is how you get things done. I'll give you two examples very quick. If you go back to the World War II, the, the military industry complex, they had women working in the factories. There's places in Detroit where they had black women working with white women, but the black women were getting disrespected. Like the white women could eat in the, in the, in the cafeteria. They had the black women eating in the restrooms. And they paid the black women less than the white women. Right. So when they got rid of the black women, the black men stood up and said, no, you're going to mistreat our sisters. Y'all going to have to hire them back. And they hired them back, gave them uh, comfortable pay with the white you know, women. They were allowed to eat in the cafeterias after the brothers stood up for them. Say, you ain't going to disrespect our queens. Going to the Montgomery bus boycott. You had a situation in Alabama and Montgomery where the white men were abusing their power. They were raping women, black women, as but they were white bus drivers and white police officers raping black women. It was a famous case, sister named Reese Taylor. Mm -hmm. She was walking home from churches in Alabama outside of Montgomery. 
walking home from church with her best friend and her best friend's son. She was kidnapped and gang raped by, I think, six, six to seven white men. Wow. And they, I mean, some of them confessed to raping this woman. They raped her so bad, they destroyed her womb. She had a young daughter. Then the press was trying to label her as a whore, as a prostitute. She's coming home from sun, from church. She's walking from church, going home to her husband and her young daughter. And they're trying to say, well, she was a whore. She was a prostitute. And what happened, Rosa Parks got involved with the case, and he became a call celeb. This is like in 44. The Montgomery Bus Boycott was 55, but that was the template for what was to come because Rosa Parks was the secretary for the NACP down in Montgomery, but she went herself to investigate what happened to Reese Taylor. And uh, it's unfortunate. Um, I mean, this woman lived to almost be 100 years old. She just died not too long ago. And there's wow. a documentary called The, Race of, the Rape of Reese Taylor. And this woman, I mean, had a lot of tragedy. Her daughter ended up dying in a car crash mm. at a relatively young age. So she had a lot of tragedy in her life, but she lived for almost a century. And the state of Alabama issued an apology, but the best thing they could have done was to prosecute these folks to the to, through all the letters of the law, as they say, whatever they say, because they never was held accountable for raping this black woman, for violating her rights and space. But the black woman body has always not been the property of hers in this country. Y'all always been violated. Like, even look at the, in the name of science, you got a person named J. Marion Sims, who's, who they say is the father of gynecology, but he was ripping up black women's wombs and turning up their children without anesthesia. They had a statue and of him in Brooklyn for years. Where am I? Where? J. Marion Sims. He's from South Carolina. No, I'm talking about it was a black woman who had a big um, behind. And they oh, were, yeah, you're talking about, I know you're talking about uh, the hot and top Venus, Sarah uh, Bartman from, uh, from Southern Africa, hot and top Venus. They had a, a genitalia on display in France for, for years. And they finally sent her remains back to Africa. Yeah, I don't Not remember long. that. I, think I, I thought her name was something else. But um, I definitely, she was definitely somebody that, you know, black women used to get talked about having a big ass. But now yeah, she was, yeah. a big well, ass is right. good and it's paid for now. Um, and then, yeah, Henrietta Lacks. Yeah. Um, Baltimore, John Hopkins. Cells stuff. What was that? Cause she died at twenty nine. They took her cells, and her family to this day, from my understanding, still don't have health insurance. So her descendants still don't have health insurance. And yet, the lady who wrote the book named Rebecca Scoot, Rebecca Scoot used to be a, a writing professor at the University of Memphis. So this white girl wrote this book, got made into a movie by Oprah, starring Oprah, and her family still don't have health insurance. So everybody made money off this legacy except for the family. This woman has immortal cells, but she died at the age of 29. It's like It's so much stuff that's been done to black women. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of Fannie Lou Hamer. She was the last of 20 children of her, family, of, her husband, of, her, of her mother and father. Her folks had 20 kids to get a Fannie Lou Hamer. They had to have 19 kids before they got a Fannie Lou Hamer. That's how powerful she was. But the state of Mississippi sterilized her without her consent. So she could never have biological children. They took that right away from her without her consent. One of our greatest freedom fighters. Yeah, you, you got, got so many stories like that, though. You got me over here feeling like Ida B. Wells, boy. Oh, yeah, okay, you might be Ida B. You know, that's my that's my Black History Dream girl. If I could bring her back, I would bring her back a, a handful of them sisters. I feel so embarrassed that I haven't, like, read more to her. But after talking about her, 
I'm definitely going to uh, start, you know, digging more into her life. Now, yeah, read, she, got, she wrote diary. She got the Memphis diary she did that was edited by my friends, Dr. Mary DaCosta Willis, who just passed away recently. She was actually a participant in the Montgomery bus boycott, if I'm not. But I mean, I'm talking about the woman who edited her diary. So she got works, her autobiography. There's a lot of stuff in her own words. You go on to the Gutenberg project, project and look at some of her lynching, uh, pro, uh, we call it, she wrote those pamphlets, lynching pamphlets back in the day. I mean, she was ahead of her time. Abby Wells was an amazing woman. Abby Wells Barnett. She was. And you know what? For the people who just joined us, you're going to miss a lot. And we got a lot more to talk about. First of all, we talked about Bill Cosby, which we're not done. Also, yeah. Brian Delph actually being a murder. Well, did you say a murder? Oh, yeah. He was killed. But the thing about that, I'm going to see about Kobe, right? Kobe was into the occult. He was mm -hmm. like, look at some of his stuff, the dark arts. I ain't scared. Look. America is built on occult energy. I'm going to give you a quick example. This guy, you ever heard this guy named Jack Parsons? Yes. You know, he's the father of the American space program. But what they do not talk about it was that he was into the dark arts. He, even when he was a kid, he was trying to open up, like, portals and wormholes and summon demons and shit. And then when he got older, he would go out into the California desert to have orgies, have these large-scale orgies to try to summon demons. And um, he was trying to do the Rosemary baby, the Antichrist final woman to have a, 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 a Antichrist baby with. But he was close friends with L. Ron Hubbard, the father of uh, Scientology, one of the most prolific uh, science fiction writers of the 20th century. So it would be easy for him to create a religion, right? I mm -hmm. also lived your naval intelligence. And that's, you know... Shit, you got Charles Manson say he was CIA. That's another story altogether. It's interesting. But Jack Parsons got killed under suspect circumstances on June the 17th, 1952. He also was a disciple of Aleister Crowley. You familiar with Aleister Crowley? Yes, yes. Like, you know, he, he believed in sex magic. So that was like Jack Parsons was doing. He was doing sex magic. It was like using sex to manifest things. The so they actually was using was sex. Came, correct? Huh? The, the Crowley guy was a big KKK member, right? Now, he was out of England. He, actually, they, they claim that Robert Bush, George W. Bush's mom, is a love child of Alistair Crowley. If you look at Robert Bush, <laughs> a picture of her, her mom went over to Europe, and she got into a relationship with Alistair Crowley. And so people say that Barbara Bush, just the mother of Jay, I mean, of George W. Bush, and uh, the wife of George H.W. Bush, that she was the love child of Alistair Crowley. That's the rumor. Yeah. So that stuff is deep. They I mean, that stuff, that stuff is deep. But uh, Jack Parsons was, he exploded, he got exposed, he got killed in an explosion in his garage, allegedly uh, mixing chemicals. But by that time, he made a lot of powerful enemies. He was just 38 years young when he got killed, somewhere around that age. But y'all should look up Jack Parsons. And also, you got Laurel Canyon. Are you familiar with Laurel Canyon out of LA? No. A lot of the groups like Jim Morrison of the Doors, he's from Laurel Canyon, uh, Frank Zappa. Okay. So this thing was like, you talking about predictive programming, like you talking about how the culture knew that Kobe was going to die in a plane crash. They have places like this around the country where there is an incubator for a certain type of talents to be used to manipulate and control the masses. Uh, I got to talk about Dick Gregory on this because, you know, documentary's coming out on Showtime, July the 4th. I saw the documentary at Tribeca. It was good, but it's so much stuff that Dick Gregory is crazy. But Dick Gregory... Wait, 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 wait. What, what are you mm -hmm. saying? What movie's coming out? It's come out on the 4th of July on Showtime, the one and only Dick Gregory, a documentary okay. about the life of Dick Gregory, but it's just, 
under two hours, but it's really the people that never heard of Dick Gregory, when you see that documentary, you're going to say, how the hell did one person did all this so they say he did? Because <laughs> there's so much stuff they left out, man. This man is just amazing. That's why I didn't get my, I didn't mind getting cursed out by him because it's really, it was respect. He was like a drill sergeant. He knew he had to prepare certain people for what was coming because he knew his, his ass was going to check out of here when it was really getting good. He always say, get your popcorn ready because playtime is over. Recess <laughs> is over. This shit is over. It's done. It's a wrap. It's over. But and what okay, so yeah, give us what you want to tell us about that. Well, I want to talk about Yoko Ono and John Lennon. John Lennon, the founder of the Beatles, right? John Lennon called Dick Gregory to Europe to cure him of the to detox him from drugs. Dick Gregory went to a cave, they had a cave mansion. A guy, they had a mansion that was in a cave. It was like, you know, these are weird, you know, rock and roll type of people. So they summoned Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory detoxed Yoko Ono and John Lennon. John Lennon was inspired to write the song Imagine because Dick Gregory gave him a prayer book that inspired him to write that song. Mm -hmm. Dick Gregory got him off of drugs for good. That was Yoko Ono told him that after you came and saved us, we was off of drugs for good. There is a Jet Magazine cover with Dick Gregory with Yoko Ono and John Lennon during that time period. John Lennon told Dick Gregory that, look, we was hired, we was created, the Beatles, to get young American youth hooked on drugs. Wow. Listen to their songs. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is LSD. Hey Jude is about heroin. Y'all thinking just about, you know, it's catchy songs. Now these songs were created to get the American youth hooked on drugs. The LSD wow. was created by the American government. All this stuff was created by our government to undermine the American population. You gotta think about the year that the Beatles made their debut in America was 64. What happened in 1963 at the end, towards the end? Can you recall what happened? There was a major game-changing event in America and the world. What happened in, on November 22nd, 1963? November 22nd, 1963. Right. And Kara pretends to think about what did she think that day meant. <laughs> okay, with well, JFK got shot. Oh, my boy, JFK. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so they was coming out with the Warren Commission because a lot of people didn't believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. They believed it was a conspiracy. Right. So what they did, they brought the Beatles over here, allegedly, to start getting the folks hooked on drugs and the music. And the Beatles, from my understanding, was a product of this institute over in England called the Tavistock Institute. Y'all should look that up because that's, that's really, that was the birthplace of what we know as the MK Ultra program, the Manchurian Candidates. The Monarch program, MK Ultra Sex Kittens. This stuff is really deep. So John Lennon confessed to Dick Gregory, we was used to hook young people on drugs. But John Lennon got involved in the anti-war movement. The government attacked John Lennon. And then they assassinated, allegedly, John Lennon. They said it was Mark David Chapman. But I'm going to tell you something. The head detective on the case said this was the perfect crime. They said this dude <laughs> waited for us like he was waiting for us to come arrest him. Mark David Chapman, if he uh, did actually kill John Lennon, could have got away with it, with it easily. But he waited for them. And like the detective says, like he was under a trance. See, the doorman at the Dakota where John Lennon lived was known, was a Cuban national who was a CIA assassin. You look all that up. So probably the doorman actually killed uh, John Lennon allegedly. And Mark David Chapman was a patsy. But he was, he was controlled. He was on the MK Ultra Control. Because, like, people try to figure out he was from Hawaii. How could this dude afford 
to stay in these like this five star hotels around the world. He was like traveling around the world with no means of support. He was an asset. He was a passive. Allegedly. So I, I want people to understand like Jimi Hendrix, this is Black Music Month. I got so I mean, I just be overwhelmed with shit. But anyway, I don't mean to curse. But Jimi Hendrix manager, right? Because people think that Jimi Hendrix died, he choked out. They murdered Jimi Hendrix. Mm -hmm. His manager was Mike Jeffrey. Mike Jeffrey was British intelligence. Mike Jeffrey was over his estate. Mike Jeffries allegedly died in an airplane crash back in the 70s, but they never recovered his body. Of course they did. But you know what, Jimi Hendrix, people don't understand, Jimi Hendrix was a big supporter financially of the Black Panther Party. He put a lot of money into the Black Panther Party. And he was getting too political towards the end. So they knocked him off. And they, they tried to just feed us that he was just on drugs. And that was nah, it. No, he wasn't no drunk. I knew people that knew Hendrix. They said that Hendrix was the type of dude he wanted to experiment. He said, let me do some, uh, some heroin and I can screw five women at one time. He, he was well endowed, according to the women. Very well okay. endowed. So he'll do stuff like that for the experience. He didn't. He wasn't hooked on drugs like that. That's a that's the popular opinion. But they actually murdered him on the way to the hospital. And now he had a girl that was there at the time. His girlfriend allegedly, and she allegedly committed suicide not too long ago. Suppose I don't know. I'm just doing all these allegedly, but the stuff is deep. Now like, you, you, know, you just think like Dick Gregory, right? Get back, to Dick Gregory. I'll let you. Dick Gregory was targeted by Jacob Hoover. Jacob Hoover, one of his Chicago offices. To use the Chicago mob to eliminate Dick Gregory. This man's a comedian. What's the threat? This had come out in newspapers. People said it's conspiracy. Yeah, it's conspiracy. Because they actually were conspiring to kill Dick Gregory. This is before Fred Hampton. Dick Gregory ran for the mayor of Chicago. Mayor Daly, Gangster Daly, was, saw Dick Gregory as a threat. He ran for president of the United States back in 68. He allegedly got 9 million votes from Pennsylvania, and they took him back. This was, came out in the Wall Street Journal. This ain't, people don't, this didn't exist. I said, Bill Cosby did try to buy NBC. I met one of his partners, Ed Weinberger, who helped create the Cosby show. I met him at Dick Gregory's funeral. Yeah, he was, they were trying to buy a network. Y'all so don't think that this is an urban legend. This is not the reality. That's what I want to get back to, because you said Kobe Bryant was a murder. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? Huh? What you laughing about? You can't prove this shit. It's happening. It's like, you know, you remember training day when Alonzo Harris, Denzel Kelly. Ain't what you know is what you can prove. You can't prove this shit, but it happened. It happened. It was people at the scene that said that they saw the airplane blow up and not hit anything. So yeah, they, they blew it up. And they, and they, and like it was kids and other people, and they just kind of quiet that part of the story. Like with Michael Hastings, the, the journalist, they say he crashed and burned. Now they, they uh, Dick said it was a drone. Dick Gregory said it was a laser that killed Michael Jackson. I'm gonna tell y'all something. Y'all, y'all, this is something we want guns. Guns ain't the problem. It's 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 psychopaths that's the problem. The guns ain't the problem. You can kill people with a plastic fork. You can fire to somebody's face and kill them a laser. I don't know, but I'm saying they had heart attack guns. Look up heart attack guns. They had this out since the late 40s and 50s. They were using sound waves to kill people back then. You can kill, look, you can kill somebody with an icicle and it melts. Where's the where's the murder weapon? I'm just right. saying, people stop it with this gun bullshit. No, you're they right. That's just another distraction, really. Huh? That's just another distraction, really. It's very much a distraction. It's bullshit. I don't mean, I'm going to stop. I'm going to use better stop. language. Yeah. So when we go back to Bill Cosby, why was he released? How was he released? 
because the, the charges just didn't stand? There was no charges because you had to make up bullshit gossiping in your window. You had to use so-called character witness to have any evidence. There was no, He was never convicted of rape. He didn't rape her. So people keep on saying to the media, uh, he he raped. Nah, he been there. It's like with Tupac. Stop calling Tupac a rapist. He went to jail for improper touching of the buttocks. He didn't rape her. But yeah, people run with that stuff because, you know, it's something about black masculinity. If you a black man who loves pussy, you in trouble. Whoa, now you hitting on something. Yeah, if Bill Cosby loved Jello Pudding Pops more than he loved Kitty Cat, he would not be in this situation because there was no proof. <clears throat> oh, he raped me at Selma. He raped you at Selma. Okay, where's the evidence, though? You know, when they kidnapped Emmett Till, he was raping me behind that grocery store. Come on now. Like how I many? I mean, it should be statute of limitation. How is he raping you when you he paying your bills? Right, and the Emmett Till you know like live, and they ain't went to grab my old ass out the nursing home. Yeah, I mean, she in North Carolina. I'm saying she even said she lied. But the thing about Emmett Till, it's weird that black folks only think you important when white folks kill you. Boy, you better shut up making too much sense. Yeah, but you know, but it was black folks that helped kill Emmett Till. They got a, how did we know that there were black people that helped kill Emmett Till in 55, but we don't know that in 2021? Just like I told you about the Rodney King, it was other, two other people in the car with him. And they ended up killing the other guy three months later because he was testifying. So, I mean, they do this all the time. Like, Dr. King, I'm right across the street from where they shot Dr. King in the face. They had an army unit here on March the 28th. Of 68. By April 12th, they left because they were cleaning up loose ends. They were tying up loose ends, getting rid of the witnesses and shit. That was the governor that killed Dr. King. The gun that killed Dr. King came from the FBI. Yeah, I heard it. Chain, he, chain of possession. He was killed at the hospital. Yeah, St. Joseph's. Because they had a couple hospitals they could have went, but they went to that one in particular to finish them off, allegedly. I got to say allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. This whole show is allegedly. Yeah. Um. So before, what it is. before we get to the BT Awards. Oh God! Y'all go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, the agenda is in full swing. Yes, sir. Um. Mm -hmm. How do you think Bill Cosby fares in the last parts of his life? What is he like in his eighties? Yeah, he's eighty-three, so, legally blind. Never should have been yeah. in prison to begin with. But what's crazy is he still kept a sense of humor. I mean, they showed a shot of him going to court, and he just kind of ducked by the bushes. But even that was funny. Um, really, he's the only black leader we have in America. I thought yeah. about it. He's the last of the black leaders that we actually have. Hmm. Ain't nobody else. He got, He got. you know, he got, in spite of people talking about what he was messing around, his, his wife knew what the hell he was doing. She knew what I mean. That's the, I don't know why people say it's cheating. It's not cheating if they have an understanding that we don't understand. We just don't understand their arrangement. Yes, yeah, Dr. Camille Cosby knew that she had a, a, a horn dog on her hand. Right. A lot of those couples they have an open relationship, like Ollie, right, right. his wife's name, the, the actors. Uh, yeah. They had open relationship. Oh, Ruby D and Ozzy Davis. They were swinging. Look at Will and Jada. That they, weird stuff they got going they on. They have an open relationship, and for a lot of people that you know grow up yeah. this. We don't don't get it, but this is what they do in entertainment. Yeah. So, how do you think he's gonna fare now? I think it'll be fine. I mean, he he paid his dues, man. He's well respected. I mean, 
He went to prison and did not consent to their bullshit. He refused to go to no classes. He's not a rapist. He's a humanitarian, philanthropist. He did so much, like I said, but the people that do a lot for us, we despise. Mega mm -hmm. Evers asked the NACP, please send me bodyguards. They're trying to kill me. The NACP did not send no bodyguard, not one. Years later, when his wife saved the institution from going away in the 90s, they finally apologized to Merlin. But when Mega was alive, they didn't give a damn. Mm. Well, I mean, they always been doing us wrong, and black people continue to be continuously forgiven. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Christian. I believe in forgiveness, but I don't believe in being a fool. And I'm sorry, but I don't believe God would want me to be a fool either. No, so, God don't want you to be a fool. That's why when I, I just want to state again, it'll be some people that think I'm disgusting or you disgusting because of how we feel about Bill Cosby. But like I said, mm. he had did so. Like, why would our people do so much of us and do so much for us and then they have allegations come against them? They expect us to just throw our people away. But when any other race of people have a person who's done so much for them, they ain't throwing their ass away. Well, think about this. Think about why do white, I mean, why do black people still want to live with white folks? If I told you about Tulsa, you have been to Tulsa. No, I haven't been. Yeah, I've been. I went to Tulsa at the beginning of May, this past May. You know, the anniversary was at the end of, of May. But my thing is, why are you living around monsters like that? They would do that. They burned down our churches. They bombed. They killed four little girls in a church. Mm. They burned down our churches and schools. They raped our women. They raped our men and children. Why are you so happy to be around these people? This is not about hate. This is about self preservation. What other group of species of animals do this now. And they're not, they're not, they're not strong mentally, because now the world is teaching everybody it's okay to be anything you want. It's okay to do mm -hmm. it. If no order, bullshit. No without order, things fail. Yeah. So run. Let's hit up the BT Awards. I'm only going on because I know at some point they try to knock us off of here. I want to make sure all this is going to be good. <laughs> okay. You got to record it. On Never Level TV, on the Roku and Fire TV, Smart TV. So download that gas. The run's going to be a guest. You can check them out on his YouTube channel. Go ahead and say your YouTube channel while we, we have We all be TV. One word. We all be TV all together. We all be TV. He got a big, huge following over there. So run. BT Awards, they really bother you. Why do they bother you this year? Well, it don't really bother me. It just proves that they are pushing this agenda to depopulate black people. Mm. Like you pushing this? Not, I don't have no problem with people's lifestyle, but I'm, when, when you're pushing your lifestyle, when it's really a death style, like the death of generations of potential black creativity, of black geniuses, of black families, you can do what you want to do individually, but we don't all got to see your bedroom politics for the world to dis on display. That should be your personal. I don't want to know what my mailman is a crackhead. As long as I get my mail on time, I'm not worried about what he's doing his off hours. I'm not because. If you follow me around 24-7, you're going to be disappointed. It is right. what it is. I'm a human being. I do fucked up shit. It's like somebody said, it's an honor to talk to you. I just, I just got to wipe my ass and use the, the toilet. I get, I'm a human like you. I mean, I guess it's an honor to talk to you. Right. I wipe my ass and pick my nose like everybody else. Okay. I'm just a person. But it's not about me. It's about the message. And they understand the power of messaging certain things to our young people. Because it's a death style. Because think about the rappers that have been ki getting killed over the last several years. I mean, I'm a big Tupac fan. Mm -hmm. Tupac would have been 50 on June the 16th. But think about how all these rappers up in Chicago, the drill rap scene. You look at Dallas, what happened in Dallas and Atlanta and L.A. 
Why are they killing rappers? Because you know why? Because rappers were the revolutionary. See, Fred Hampton would have been like NBA Youngboy today. Oh, Bunchy Carter would have been Tupac today. They turn our revolutionaries into rappers now. See, we all message. We ain't got that many. We ain't got no many. That many revolutionaries and the people that really speak, and they ain't letting them get the mainstream. Oh yeah, but I'm saying, but once you like you look at NBA Youngboy, the dude just 21, right? Think about the time he wasted in prison. And by the time they use him up, he gonna figure this shit out if he live long enough. He's like, dang, but he ain't gonna have the same type of, you know what I'm saying, following. Mm -hmm. Or he might, I don't know, cause it's different now, cause you got rappers now that can rap like the Rolling Stones. Jay-Z in his 50s, he can still get a crowd and other people like that. So, I mean, it's a different game now than it was even 10, 20 years ago for rappers uh, and stuff. But I'm saying, our revolutionaries like Stokely Carmichael and H. Rob Brown, they would have been entertainers today. And really, the entertainers got it twisted because Dick Gregory and them knew their place back in the day. They was there to raise awareness and raise money for the real leaders of the movement. Mm. Now, Dick became a leader of the movement. We gave up his, uh, gave up that lifestyle. He sacrificed that lifestyle to meet Mega Evans. And my thing, I'm, I'm just fascinated by Mega Evans because there's not too many speeches of Mega Evans talking but he had these guys on a spell. Like Dick Gregory just had to follow Mega Evers. Even to death, he wanted to die with Mega Evers in Mississippi. Lena Horne, she was mesmerized by, you know, she's a beautiful black woman. She was mesmerized by Mega. Oh, Mega, I'll do anything for you. Oh, he get over these people. And I had a chance to meet his brother a couple of times. He died last year. I think they spread his ashes over Mega's grave. He was just his brother's keeper, Charles Evers. I mean, he just had pictures everywhere of Mega's in the radio station. There's all these pictures of his brother. Cause he came back to Mississippi to avenge his brother's death. Charles Evans was a gangster, and I, you know, and it was like he was a cool gangster though, cause he was a gangster for the people. He was like a pimp and number runner up in Chicago. He was a World War II veteran like his brother. He was a college graduate like his brother. They both went to Alcorn State. Well, you know, Eric McNair went Steve McNair, but um, he was running numbers and running women up in Chicago when his brother got killed down in Jackson. And he came back on a Delta airline flight with all type of rifles and guns. That man came on an airplane. You can't imagine in post 9-11 somebody doing that. But that man came on an airplane with his rifles and guns, waiting to kill the first white person that disrespected him, but ended up staying to take his brother place as the field secretary of the NACP, did a lot of political uh, accomplishments in Mississippi. And I said, I think he became like the first black mayor of an integrated town since Reconstruction in Mississippi back in 69. But yet, the NACP did them the greatest disservice when they did all these press releases on John Lewis and the great Reverend C.T. Vivian. Had a lot of love for Reverend C.T. Vivian. I had some respect for John Lewis. But mm -hmm. they didn't do a press release on Mega Evans. His brother, Charles Evans, he won NACP Man of the Year. I mean, I mean, why you don't do no... That's so disrespectful how you do the Evers family. Like I said, the people that love us, who serve and even give their lives for us, we don't respect. Uh -huh. We don't respect them. So I totally understand what you're saying, and that's been a, a main part of this conversation tonight. But uh, now, to get back to the BT Awards, right, I'm sorry, you asked about that. No, okay, okay. How do we sell? How do we make black gay people feel accepted, or maybe don't feel like it's everybody's job or comfortable, but also at the same time? express the importance of continuing the black family because I don't care 
Wednesday throughout the yard, it won't be nobody without the man and the woman procreating. Now, I don't know what right. signs have built up and waiting on them. They, I know they be making wounds now and all type of stuff. Yeah, but, same Frankenstein bullshit. But, yeah, yeah, but natural stuff. Uh, is there a way we can do both? Because you know you're gonna have some people saying, "Well, okay, black folks aren't gonna be aren't supportive of of um, the LGBTQZ." Or, I'm not trying to be funny. LGBTQ. Um, so how do how do we do that? But also say it's important for black families to be uplifted because mm-hmm. you were want to say I used to be a lot more liberal than I am now, but I'm actually right. becoming more conservative because I just feel like it's too much. More- it's too much going on, and we're getting away from the truth of things just to make people feel comfortable. Now, I'm the kind of person, okay, once stuff starts feeling like it's a bunch of lies and just some crazy stuff, I can't really bump with it anymore. Right, right. It may sound like I'm talking in cold, but I'm not. It's just that things just don't got too far. We're telling people it's left when it's right. Mm-hmm. It's- Red and I just can't, I just can't deal with it. So what else? So I don't know. What's your answer to that? Well, you know, I would say this: it ain't the black people that's a problem. It's the white gay community that's a problem. How they treat gay black people. Okay. You know, I remember Billy Porter going off on black folks and stuff last summer. You know, he was a darling of the Democratic Party during the convention. But if you're gonna talk shit about black people, call out Ed Buck too, who's killing black male prostitutes and experimenting on them with drugs. He's a serial killer, allegedly, and he's a big donor of the Democratic Party, the same party who created the Ku Klux Klan to terrorize black people. Um, black, the, some of the most racist people on the planet are white, gay, and male. You know, Hitler had a group called the SAs, the Brown Search, that put him in power. He was a homosexual, homicidal maniac that he wow. was afraid of. He had to get rid of him in the night of the long knives. See, people got to look at their history. So they had a gay Gestapo back in the day, and they got a, a, a gay mafia right now. And we're not talking about individual gay people. I'm talking about there's a, a mob, there's a party with an agenda. I ain't talking about the average gay person. Yeah, like Black Lives Matter ain't the average black person. You know what I'm saying? There's an agenda. You got people being everything but black first. And at the end of the day, yeah. they can treat you like a Negro. So that's really what we're trying to say. We're not trying to say you like we're not putting down anybody. We just trying to say at the end of the day, you got brown skin. Right, they don't see that first. Like all these people are your friends out here. Right, you got no friends. We have no friends. They passing laws that aren't for you. Right. Okay. They adding other groups that you think they care about, but excuse me, they really only doing it to try to get rights for only a certain part of that group. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna break that down like I really want to. But people, y'all black out here. Like when they talking about they protecting a, a whole group, they they protecting certain people in that group. Right. So y'all better wake up. Well, you know, <laughs> I, we never had a problem with gay people like they like we they look. A lot of our greatest gospel artists and musicians were gay. Now I was listening to Billy Preston today. They call him the Fifth Beatle. Man was brilliant. He was the first music act on Saturday Night Live when it at that first show. Billy Preston was a G, man. He was brilliant, but he was gay. Okay. Uh, Luther Vandross, allegedly. Okay. Great musician, though. But my thing is, this is Black Music Month, and I would tell people, look at our history, man. Like, I love jazz and all that stuff. 
if you go back to the earlier part of the 20th century, a lot of the great jazz musicians from New Orleans in particular, they said the greatest pianist of that era, this is from 1900 to 1920, was a cat named Tony Jackson from New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Tony Jackson was an amazing piano player. He had a, a photographic memory. He could memorize songs in any genre, classical, ragtime, blues, spiritual, folk music, all that stuff. But they also say he wrote a lot of songs that white music, music writers end up taking credit for. Like he might have wrote the whole American songbook, and he get no credit for it, but Tony Jackson was openly gay. He wrote songs about his homosexual lover, like one was called Pretty Baby. That was a popular American song. They actually made a movie called Pretty Baby back in the 70s with Antonio Fargas, the dude, Huggy Bear from uh, Starsky and Hutch played a Tony Jackson-like character. And Brooke Shields started, started in the movie as a teenage prostitute down in Storyville. Mm -hmm. Jazz was created. So Tony Jackson was well-respected by, you know, a lot of great musicians like uh, Joey Roy Morton and Sidney Bisset, who loved women. So they had a lot of respect for his talent. But he died young before he was 40 years old. Depending on your source, he died from either syphilis or pneumonia or something like that. But he was wiped out before he turned 40. But Tony Jackson was openly gay during a time where they were lynching black folks every day or day in the hell. So and the black point, folks respected Tony Jackson. Y'all can look him up. And one of the points we're trying to get to is we don't like Lil Nas X. I mean, I'm not going to say, like I said earlier, we get sick of having to kiss people butt and then say why we don't like them. Yeah. Um, I yeah, lost I for followers that. on my page because I said I didn't like them. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't like his what he's portraying. Um, and it's, it's because, first of all, he's not the first artists to say they're gay but he's trying to push them up like he is and and he started off trying to act like he was for a kid now he's sliding down the pole and I know people will say well you got other artists like Nicki Minaj and, and they for the kids but it just feels different because not only is he doing that he's going to drop those devil shoes yeah. um on his Instagram page, he's constantly posting pictures with him as dark angels. Yeah. So he's playing with a lot of stuff. It's like he he's highly sexualized. Um, and now he's promoting the devil. And I don't care what religion you come from, we all pretty much look at that devil as the same thing. Whether you think it's a first and negative energy or what, this guy is into dark things. And all the people I see that's trying to say, oh, no, he meant this video, Montero. Oh, he meant that. And, you know, in the video, he starts off, I don't know if he was an angel or what, but he falls down a stripper pole and go all the way to hell. Mm -hmm. And then he laps down on the devil. I didn't watch the whole video, but people said that he killed the devil, so I'm supposed to be happy. Because right. he, was, he was just trying to tell people, hey, you guys said I was going to hell, so here's me going to hell. Yeah. But, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I don't know. I ain't got shit to say. I just don't like the kid. I'm just being honest with you. I don't, I don't like nothing he about. And um, if y'all feel like they want a good reason to like him, I really don't give a damn. I don't like him. I mean, anybody's going to put 666 on a shoe and then put blood in it. Mm -hmm. I'm market your whole self to children. And now you want to slide down a pole and get a devil a dance. I can't well, think, but think about 
how Walt Disney has incorporated subliminal messages in their cartoons for generations. How that affected us. And think about the Disney kids and how a lot of their lives end up in turmoil and stuff. Like they're all dysfunctional. Like Britney Spears was a Disney kid star. Think about Raven Simone and there's a couple of other ones. You know? Uh, so, I mean, I mean, it's deep, man. All this stuff is a cult energy. Like, uh, well, well, real quick, what else? Since we on BT, well, what else about the BT Awards did you not like? Well, it's not that I didn't like it. It's the fact that I know that they on their agenda Kool-Aid. I, I just can't take them seriously. Like, BT had good intentions when it started. It started in my birth year, 1980. Bob Johnson was from Mississippi. He told people back in the 60s, you want a, a, a black-owned network that dealt with black people. And folks left to him just back in the 60s. Mm -hmm. You fast forward to the 80s, he started BT as a two-hour thing on the weekends. He started as a two-hour thing on the weekends, and he would use reruns from classic TV shows and movies to, to take up that time. And you fast forward to 2021, he's no longer the owner, but he's still around, and he's still having an impact on the culture. So that's something to be said about having the dream and not knowing how you're going to make it manifest, but having the will to make it happen regardless. And that should be, you no. Know, but at the same time, our problem as a people, when we try to control our story and our product, it put us in perilous situations like Kobe Bryant. Like, I even go back, you from Macon, Georgia, thinking about the late, great Otis Redding, who mm -hmm. owned his publishing. He got that big old ranch. Uh, he was a brilliant businessman, but I talked to kids that knew Otis at Stacks. They said he was stupid. Not because he was, he wasn't stupid. He was highly intelligent, but he kept on telling everybody his plans. He was broadcasting all these plans and letting white folks know that black music gonna be controlled by black people. And then mm -hmm. he, you know, he was supposed to do a distribution thing with James Brown back in the day. And before they could do the distribution where they could control their intellectual property, he get killed conveniently in a plane crash at the oh. age of 26. Now he wrote the song Respect that Aretha Franklin made famous. That's his song. Crazy. And he did a, I mean, I love Otis Red, but I mean, it is what it is. And they got the pictures online where you can see the plane crash and everything. They can see his body frozen. Yeah, it's crazy. I seen it. It's crazy. Yeah, that's in Jet Magazine. I mean, you know, he had some money on him too. I think he had like a suitcase, like with five thousand, ten thousand dollars, and them people took it because <laughs> they're like the salary for a cop up up in that area for a whole year. I think their salary was like five thousand. That dude just had five thousand something in the suitcase. Nobody ever knew what happened to it, but they turned it into the police though. This is incredible. So, we're going to do um, tonight. we got like five more minutes. You can give a summary, talk about another topic you want to talk about. Let's just get it all out on the table here. Because for the folks that are joining, Ron's going to be on the Care Davis talk show again. I'm going to that. Yeah. I'm gonna have you on my platform, too. He's a big YouTuber. If you don't know, uh, tell, them, tell them where they can find you again, uh, Ron. Oh, that go YouTube for now. I mean, they still got me on the platform. We all be TV, one word. We all be TV. All right. And uh, what else you got for us to summarize everything that's crazy? Bill Cosby, whatever. Uh, the BT Awards, Kobe, well, you know, Kobe, whatever. Well, I would say with the Bill Cosby thing, they could do that to somebody with resources. We don't have a chance as a people. Because Bill Cosby had means and resources, and they still got to him like that. And he still made them. He, I don't know if he could sue anybody. I mean, I had Judge Joe Brown on the show early. He said he can't really sue anybody. Because they did what they did. You know, like with OJ. They found a way to punish OJ. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't do that. I, I, I never believe OJ pulled that off. The timeline. Well, do you think, like, 
can anybody be a good enough person to where they can't find any dirt on you or you think they're going to make some, they're going to find your weakness and get you or Look at Bill Cosby. You say, "Why was he so stupid? He had to know that this could happen." Well, well is person stupid? Like, I mean, everybody smart people do stupid stuff all the time. Don't mean you, you're not smart. This means you're just human. And with Cosby, he actually thought he was insulated from that type of stuff. He thought he was one of those, you know, first one and only Negroes on some level. Like, I'm a different type of Negro. I ain't like just the average street Negro. I got resources and means. But they still got to him. They destroyed, they killed his legacy and Ennis. That was his only male son, his heir to his legacy. They killed him when he tried to buy that network allegedly. And also what people got to understand too, I want people to understand this because a lot of us ain't going to get this. Bill Cosby in 2014 had, was having a lot of success. He had that multi-million dollar deal with Netflix, had that sold out comedy tour he was on, trying to do a sitcom, come back on TV. Bill Cosby was on top of it and he was still trying to buy a network. And here's the thing. He also was fighting against Kinder Morgan. That's a large energy giant on the East Coast. Kinder Morgan wanted to build a pipeline through his property and other people's property in the Northeast. And Bill Cosby and his wife are land conservationists. They believe in conserving the land for future generations to enjoy. So they, they combined with other environmental activists to take on Kinder Morgan. His wife wrote an op-ed that's still available online from March 2014 saying they stood in solidarity with the environmental activists taking on this energy giant that was trying to exploit the land. And by the end of 2014, you know, Hannibal Burris did that BS stand-up, Mission and Cosby name. They destroyed Cosby by the end of 2014. Yeah, so but it's not just about no race. This is about land. This is about power. This is about money. So you think they, made, they got Hannibal Burris to start it off, or did they, after he did, they just... He's just a tool. He's the one that started because he mentioned Bill Cosby in his stand-up act, and just so happened it was a media person in the crowd that recorded it and got it out there. That was a frame-up. They, they, Bill Cosby was targeted for, for a takedown. But, but do, you, do, you, do you think that Burris... He was a part of it, or he was at a low level. He's just a tool. He's not no mastermind. Yeah. You know, those people involved in killing Dr. King and Malcolm X, but they were not the masterminds behind everything. They're just tools and puppets and puns. He was yeah. just a tool, puppet, and pun. Yeah, it's like the dope boys on the street, but they ain't the right. main. They ain't people. running shit, right? The real people run shit out insulated. And the thing about power, what people gotta understand is, you can't help power unless they got dirt in your ass. And Bill Cosby spent a lot of time with the Playboy Mansion. All I gotta say. So they had dirt on him for a long, long time ago. Because you know what? He helping her. He's safely. Well, we don't know how he resting. Maybe he ain't resting in peace. But all I know is he got a chance to die. And none yeah, of Rather Dick Gregory. He, he, he sponsored Dick Gregory's career, actually. They died like with a month or so of each other. Yeah, and none of his. He never got brought down for anything. But he was the one who had all the girls in the house and the drugs and everything. But not one. Nobody want to talk about that though. They want. He could have been like he could have been like the prototype for Jeffrey Epstein. When I come to think about, it. we just I think maybe he's the blueprint for Jeffrey Epstein. Hugh Hefner. I don't know. Allegedly, I don't. Know. <laughs> it's deep, man. It's really deep. But what's crazy is when you watch that Hugh Hefner, like uh, I don't know if it's a documentary or whatever. It's it's on one of these streaming networks. No, it was on Prime. Of, I know you're talking about. Yeah. They try to make it up like he's such a he was such a. Like he wanted to be with one woman and he was awkward. Like, yeah, it was goofy. He, he just fell into liking pictures of women. Like, they tried to make it up like he was still a good guy and respectable and all that. But, but.
But out of all the stuff Bill Cosby done, though, we just have to look at him as trash. I mean, it is what it is. Everybody got a good side and a bad side. And no right. matter how good you are and how good of a person you are, you always could be a villain in somebody's story. You might be the hero, hero in your story, but that's somebody's story that you the villain in. And you can't do shit about it. Well, Ron, we're going to end it like that because I'm about to lose power anyway. Me but, too. But um, We got the power, sister. We got the power. Yes, right. We got the power. And for all the people that was in the live talking about uh, we need our own black media, then y'all support us. When you see us put out a flyer, you know, y'all repost it. Tell your friends about the show. Tell them to watch Run on YouTube. Tell them to watch Carolina's Talk. Download the That's app. Right. It's like, stop the talking and help us out. Like, people want independent stuff. Are y'all supporting it, okay? We ain't even asking for the sales looking to our cash app. But if you want to, my cash app is Karen Dangerous, K-E-R-A, Dangerous, dollar sign in the front. I don't know, Ron, you can give a plug, but otherwise, I'm going to see you later. All right, cash up R2C2H2. Y'all take care. We love you madly, Sister Kara. She produces All right, stay black, stay real, and don't forget, right. die for something or don't stand for nothing. That's right.